USB, USB, USB. I like that I'm leaving it in. <laughs> that's that's what they're going to be greeted with. Great. You good with that? Sure. Okay, good. Because you don't have a choice. Because we've established before, I'm in charge of the computer. Yeah. For reason unbeknownst to anyone. Unbeknownst. That's, 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 that's your word choice? That's the one you're going with? That's not a... It's totally a word. And it probably makes sense. So, <laughs> so continue why you're going to be able to critique me then. Because who the fuck says unbeknownst? I'm Russell does. That's who. Okay. Double R, W, double S, double E, double L. Russell. Those aren't all true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll make sense later, I promise. Um, What's going on? Not a whole lot. No. No. Uh, good news. Okay. I have a surprise. Uh, another surprise. Another surprise. So many surprises on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do another Asperger's test. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> that went so well last time. <laughs> you were so thrilled. Yeah. I was. I had <laughs> hope in my heart that you were going to produce something that was I funny. It was funny. It just or, had to be here. Or helpful. <laughs> you just had to be here. And it, uh, it was none of those. It turns out that uh, most people aren't here. Yeah. It's just you and I, usually. Yeah. Also, we you picked a picture of Jackie Chan that I swear looked like Dustin Hoffman. But we... To this day, I will... N- that picture, it was the first one you showed, and it looked exactly like Dustin Hoffman. The whole point of this... I don't this. know how... You found a picture of Jackie Chan that looked like Dustin Hoffman, but you found it and you put it on the screen that I was sitting about five feet away from, and it was like three pixels wide. The whole point of this test is that you can't tell who people are. That's, yeah, the point of the test. I'm using sarcastic air quotes. <laughs> it was science. It was science. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of not recognizing who people are. Yeah. Um, you just watched two films. Mm-hmm. From s- that featured very heavily someone that you should know who it is. Okay. You started off with, who is that guy? Yes. And then... The, but to be fair... And she very quickly showed you her breast and vagina. Yeah. So... But she was like in makeup and... She wasn't in makeup. She had dirt on her face. Not make... Yeah, dirt is makeup. Oh, Okay. She it's, was. She in, didn't. She didn't have prosthetics or appliances on. No. Okay. She was in a. She was caked with makeup. Okay. So who was that individual? Uh, I have no idea. She was also in Thirty One. Yes. So that's Meg Foster. Okay. From They Live. Okay. Remember They Live? Yeah. Was uh, she blonde in that? No. She was the the woman that Rowdy Rowdy Piper kind of hooked up with and then turned on them she worked at the station basically the only female in that movie okay well there was also the lady that handed them contacts i feel like i remember her more than <laughs> you did that's literally their entire <laughs> scene as opposed to a woman remember he rowdy rowdy piper went into her yeah, house i know i remember the plot and then she throws him out the she window. was in masters of the universe okay i i don't think i've ever seen oh my god they made a live action version of that? Yeah. Dolph no L- idea. Dolph Lundgren. I mean, of course it was Dolph Lundgren. 
Of course. Because it was pre-Arnold Schwarzenegger. Of course. So, who else is it going to be? Dustin Hoffman? No, he was he was raking in a lot of Rain Man money. Did Dustin Hoffman ever try to do like an action movie? Like, there's people like he did Hook. That's not it. No, like, <laughs> I, like he had to do sword fighting. Like where that. he's the badass. Uh, he almost got hit by a car in Midnight Cowboy. You know what makes me feel bad? Hmm. The fat kid from Hook, who I could always look at and be like, no, at least he's fatter than me. He's yeah. skinny now. Is he? Yeah. Hmm. Good so. for him. <laughs> oh. So we watched Lords of Salem. He gets pushed around by like a bowling ball. Yeah. I always... like It's a great movie, in by my, the way. It, it really is. It's a fantastic fucking movie. Uh, I saw somebody at work recently that Did like had a stripe, and I just asked somebody, <laughs> quit, like I was like, hey, do you remember Hook? They're like, yeah. I was like, it's Rufio. And like, just broke down. I just broke that person, and they Did just couldn't move. Nice. Yeah. Um, so my childhood mind couldn't wrap my head around. I was so confused... I thought if I got fatter than I was, I would be able to put my legs straight up like that kid <laughs> for some reason. Like, I, I didn't understand that it could be a movie thing. Like, yeah. I thought that kid did that. No, he just had and puppet I, legs. And I attribute and I attribute it to his weight for some reason. <laughs> I mean, that was like his defining characteristic. Yeah. I mean, once you and, get to a certain weight, you just crush your hips <laughs> and you just become really bendy. <laughs> And I'd seen other black people, and they didn't, they weren't able to do that. So I had to attribute it to to his weight. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that's not true because I I met that and exceeded <laughs> it, and still can't do that. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's not possible. Nope. Oh, so we're talking about Hook here. Yeah, on, <laughs> on our thing where we did not watch Hook, we instead watched Lords of Salem. Yes. Okay. And so I've been hearing from listeners that. You know, some not everyone knows the movie. Some people just like the podcast. Mm-hmm. Weird as that may seem. So and we just dive in to start getting into the right. nitty gritty. So this, you know, these people would like a synopsis. So here now, Russ is your opportunity. Please give us a synopsis of Lords of Salem. Okay, so so I'm walking through the movie of synopsis. Yes, like you want me to give you the plot. Okay. Uh, a female DJ receives a package uh, of a record. Radio DJ, not like a club DJ. Yes, correct. A radio DJ. Uh, she plays said song for herself uh, and plays it on the radio, which hypnotizes women mm-hmm. only as they listen to it. Uh, she becomes... Um, she is battling drug addiction and becomes... Uh, haunted almost um by a series of visions and nightmares and possibly real life uh circumstances involving witches and demonic uh demonic uh visualizations and events okay okay um culminating in her giving birth to the antichrist a little weird squid baby thing. That's what I. That's when I say Antichrist, everybody thinks squid baby. Well, okay. <laughs> How did I do? Sorry. Does that sound about right? Uh, Along with a whole yeah. lot more. Like, yeah. But Though, see, that was that was legitimate feedback I had gotten, and I thought, oh, here's the perfect opportunity because this movie made no fucking sense. 
So, and uh, you actually did an okay job, and I'm disappointed. <laughs> so, were you trying, I really, I really you wanted try, you to utterly you trying, fail. You were trying to sandbag me there, weren't you? Of course. <laughs> you always do it to me. I know. So I was reversing the roles for once, uh, and it backfired. <laughs> I didn't think I did too terrible for no, once. No, you didn't. Really. I, yeah. This, this, what, what the fuck was this movie? So, all right, so I'm going to... That's your response. Like, so my normally I say, What did you think about the movie? Yeah, what the fuck was this movie? That's what I think of this movie. Okay, so here's what I would there are movies that don't make any sense and are they they don't make any sense, you can't figure them out, and that is a negative, like Lawnmower Man 2. Okay. There's nothing negative about Lawnmower so, Man 2. All right, so go, going serious route, okay? If I'm going serious route, Lawnmower Lawn Man 2, though it has little to no connection to Lawnmower Man 1, had a plot and things happened that made that, that further that plot, further that universe. I I have a legitimate question for you. Oh, you never let me, you never let me finish my answer. Continue. Make then your I'll mental. Ask my question. <laughs> no, then you got to respond to mine. Just keep your mental note, okay? So here's my, here's where I'm going with this. There, there are movies that legitimately don't make sense, okay? Mm-hmm. So being not being facetious at all. Obviously, the Lawnmower Man two doesn't make any sense with the time frame. You made the point that lawn, the whole like, why does Job need anybody to do anything for him? He can automatically do it himself fundamentally that movie doesn't make any sense right it's not questions that we don't have the answer to it actually doesn't make sense i would argue movies like lords of salem and a lot of other more like you have to watch this as an art house movie almost okay i feel like there are answers to these questions whether we could ever ever figure them out is is a different answer is a different story but I feel like if there were enough scenes or enough explanation, it would make sense somehow, some way, each of those pieces. It's like you're missing pages from a book uh, and you have to put try to figure out how to put them together. That's the difference that I see in two different ways that you say movies don't make sense. But here's the thing. All we have to go on is the movie. True. And the movie did not make sense. So, I don't think it's an excuse to be like, no, but if you fill it in with this and this and this, whatever. I just want to know, what, did anything in this movie happen? What in this movie happened in the universe of this movie? I think everything happened in the universe of this movie. You think everything happened? Well, I mean, because there there are dream sequences that we know are dream sequences, but then there are dream sequences that may have well, been see, real. See, I don't think and those then there are... are parts that may have been real that may have been dream sequences. So, when you're saying dream sequences, I don't think that's a typical dream sequence in that it's a it's a thing that doesn't happen that's completely fabricated in someone's head. I think that she's seeing those things because she's being possessed haunted taken over sure whatever that answer is and so you, so yes it's a dream sequence in a general term but this isn't like a typical like throw it away it doesn't mean anything dream sequence if at the end of this movie it all came back that 
this was one big long like it was all on her head and it was all bad drug trip or something okay like that's not great but i see where you're going i see what you did it kind of makes sense whatever but it doesn't this doesn't make sense because it doesn't it doesn't seem to lay down ground rules and adhere to those rules. It's like do you do you know who Ken Russell is? Not off the top of okay, my head. So he's it's hard cuz I don't feel like we we speak the same language when we're talking about this. So there's like again, I'll make like the art house analogy parallel. Like think think about the stereotypical like college like pretentious movie. That, yeah, like this did feel like a bad student film. So I don't think I'd go that, but I think there's parallels. Like the part that I legitimately don't like is when it turns into that, when there's like melting faces and stuff like that. I really don't like that. Yeah. Um, I really have a problem with that, but I think it's like, so I never watched the Sopranos, but I know the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Do you know the Sopranos? Yeah. Do you know the end of the series? Yeah. I don't know it. But that's an example to me. Like you could disagree with it, but they know what the answer would be at the end. Like that's that's a decision that was made as opposed to something that just actually doesn't make any sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, but okay, let me let me give you an example. So about two thirds of the way through the movie, uh Whitey is at her apartment. And she is full on, like, having the nightmares and everything. And she, he's trying to console her and, like, make sure she's okay. And and she keeps talking about, I think, the, the music, like, messed me up. And then she starts coughing and she coughs up blood. And then he dials 911. And then all of a sudden, weird zombies show up and, like, kill him. And then she goes, she wakes up in her bed and then wakes up, goes into the bathroom. And then the bathroom painting starts bleeding. And then I asked you, like, oh, is he, is he dead? Did that happen? And then later on, he's in the movie again, like, at the very end. Like, did any of that happen like i don't think so no so 100 like he never visited the apartment no i think he visited the apartment so so like when was the cutoff i'm I'm not she like actually ever start coughing up blood or she hallucinate that there there isn't i think there this is something that there isn't a way to make a linear thing like it, it is very much like an art house so when i think of it Lords is a of very Salem, linear thing the story builds up she gets worse and worse and the and eventually linear is probably the wrong Satan. word because like for me when i think about this it's like a visceral a visceral movie like when i in the, the as soon as i think lords of salem i think the shot with the hairy beast monster and her standing in front of the cross that's pulsing mm-hmm. like and that's beautiful and it's like an italian giallo movie like it's 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 like this is a it's an art house movie to me it's just she's in front of a cross and bigfoot's there for no reason like it 
yeah, I don't, I don't feel like it earned anything. It just, that's what made it feel like a bad student movie to me. It's like, here is all this imagery and all this, uh, weird psycho symbolism and everything. And it's, it's actually meaningless. It seemed to be, it seemed to be very empty. It seemed to be very, I'm trying too hard to me anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, we're not going to come to grips on this at all. Like, I'm not going to pretend that this is, this isn't even my favorite Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. Um, but it's something totally different than everything else he's done. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I think it has a lot of merits. Um, we're not, I don't think we need to continue. <laughs> going no, I mean, I, I want to know why, I want to know why you like this. I want to know why people like this. Cause to me it was pretty awful because it didn't. It didn't to me. It didn't know what it was, and what it, what it was trying to convey. It just threw a bunch of weird symbolism. Like, like there's the. <laughs> I literally I wrote. Uh, uh, I lost my notes. I wrote like, there's a Franken chicken, in this movie. Like, he, there's she. What? Franken chicken. <laughs> So they wheel her up to apartment five in the old timey wheelchair. Yeah. They open the door and there's a huge staircase. Mm-hmm. And at the top was. That's Satan. Yeah, but it just looked like it had like chicken feet and it had like chicken. It looked it had, like a that, cooked yeah, chicken. Yeah, it had like flippers. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like a weird Franken chicken. Okay. And that's a negative? Like. I think that's. I love that. That's like. If I were and, to choose my favorite version of a devil or Satan ever, it's the flipper split baby from Lords of Salem. And then she like she's holding onto her guts and like shaking them like a shake weight. And, <laughs> and uh, it's impregnating her. Yeah, I. But it's, uh, I don't know. Do you need like a devil with horn? Like no. with that? In all seriousness, like the reason that I love that is because. I want to see something that I could never have thought of, right? Yeah. So I could never have thought of Flipper Baby uh, to be Satan. And I love that. Like, that's so much better to me than seeing a dude dressed in red with horns. I mean, basically, it was Danny DeVito in Batman Returns. Okay. (laughs) I'll give that. And I think that's fantastic. It's unsettling to see. Like, uh, I don't get scared, but like in movies, but when... She's standing there with the cross and it's pulsating and then that giant downbeat comes and there's that hairy thing standing behind her. That's like filling me with dread. Like it absolutely affected me. I didn't, it did not affect me at all. So it seems odd because I thought if any of these you would latch on to would be this one because I feel like you. I like art house movies. I like slow indie movies mm-hmm. this i don't know i i the the sim like i said i i'm gonna keep saying the same thing yeah that's why i said <laughs> let's move on um but, how big of balls does Mel- meg foster have in this movie oh yeah i mean i love i love like the brass that it took for her to be like i am an senior lady i'm getting up there mm-hmm. and i'm gonna let it all hang out yeah a lot throughout this movie well if you that's look that's awesome if you look at that coven scene at the beginning yeah I, I one of the things i pointed out was it 
at the end, like at the end of the scene, they all get naked, mm-hmm. and all the older women were just like letting it all hang out, yeah. and like the one young girl there was like covering her boobs with her arms yeah. and stuff. So it just it kind of shows you. I wrote, I love unattractive women, and, I, and, and we, you know what I mean by that. Like I, I respect it so much that they do that, and that Rob Zombie did that. Like it would have been super easy to just cast a bunch of twenty somethings in there, yeah, um, and do that. But that's not like if you were to really have a group of witches, yeah, that's what they're gonna be. Can we can we talk about nudity for a second? Yeah, I understand gratuitous nudity. Mm-hmm. I get why it exists. And I also understand. Hey, I'm a writer. I'm a director. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my wife in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the intersection of that, where Rob Zombie has to have his wife naked. Well, like, he has to show her ass. She is. I mean, she's completely naked in the beginning. Yeah. But I thought you were talking even. I thought you were gonna go beyond this and just talk about all of his movies because well, her yeah. ass is in all of these movies. Yeah, definitely. But she's full on naked at the beginning. Yep. And then at one point she's taking a nap and her pants are down for no reason. This is after we have a peeing scene, which <laughs> I pulled out my notebook to make that note. And you immediately started laughing because you knew what I was getting. Yeah. <laughs> the comment that I was getting ready to write. Like, right. I, that is not my thing. Even if it's Sherry Moon Zombie, I have no interest <laughs> in seeing that. That is not my thing at all. No, sir. Uh, but again, so if you're going to do that, that's fine. Like... You know, she's naked in bed. People sleep naked. I sleep naked. Picture that. But when I enter my room, my clothes come off and like, that's it. The whole rest of the movie, whenever she's in her bed, she's not naked again. Okay. Here, here's so consistency. No, 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 no. That is not, that is not a believable character to me. You're, you're missing this because you're trying to hate on it. So I'm here's not trying to hate on it. Actually, I'm trying to joke on it right so, now. So, well. And and honestly, it's character inconsistency. I disagree because here's what happened. Here's my argument. We established that she's got drug problems. Is once she wakes up naked, her alarm goes off, so she she has to get her alarm. She's upset that she has to get up. Mm-hmm. She looks at herself in the mirror, is upset by what she sees, and has a hard time getting up and getting dressed. I think that they're showing. She fell off the wagon that the night before. Then, when you see her wake up clothed, she had went. She had hung out with Whitey and was fine, and had done good those previous few nights. But then she falls off the wagon and is wearing a tank top to bed. Okay, well, so you're saying that in order to be consistent, every time you're on drugs, you need to wake up naked? I don't think that's the way drugs work. No, but I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't get that from it, and. It, it's not consistent if that's what the symbolism is supposed to be. I think you're trying to put symbolism in the wrong places. Like, I don't think it's not symbolism. If she wakes up naked, that's a cause and effect. Right. I I get that. But if, if that's what you're trying to portray, that's not consistent. I don't understand what you're trying to say right now. Uh, that woman was painting a vagina. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, but it had a face in the middle. It of had it. eyes, and not one in the middle of its forehead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we I paused the movie at one point and showed you Sid Haig for the slightest second. Yeah, in the movie, 
Um, the guy to the left was Michael Berryman, who's the guy in Lords of Salem that worked for Ken Foray, who is the Black Herman. Okay. Following that. So Ken yeah. Foray, Black Herman, he was the pimp in Devil's Rejects. Okay. His assistant, the bald guy that got accused of being a chicken fucker by the guy selling the chickens. Mm-hmm. He was the other guy that strapped her down. Okay. Okay. So apparently there was a whole big section that they they got cut out of the movie because it never was able to get filmed mm-hmm. originally they just said it was cut out but like michael berryman and sid Haig were witch hunters so i'm assuming putting it together they're the ones that caught them mm-hmm. and they brought them to there to be burned yeah but you saw how the tiny fraction that they actually end up i don't even think michael berryman's face ends up in the movie no i don't think so um so i'd heard that it, like I, I heard that they were in it i heard that's what they played then I watched the movie. They're basically not there. Listen to the audio commentary, and it gets passed over by zombies saying, like, there was more stuff here, didn't make it in or whatever. Mm-hmm. So at a convention, when I got to meet Michael Berryman, I asked him about it, and he said that they had, like, two nights to shoot, but whoever was there that they were working with didn't know their lines at all, and they couldn't hold cue cards for them because it was so dark, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I don't know for sure, but I feel like it had to have been like the guy that was like reading the scroll is the only person that I could think of that unless there's somebody that just doesn't appear in the movie at all because he well, if he's reading so the scroll, the words can be on the scroll. That's a good point. Actually, was, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know who that was or Reverend whatever. John Hawthorne. But, but, Hawthorne. but uh, I didn't ask for dirt. But like I, you know, yeah. he, he seemed genuinely upset because he spent, you know, a couple days and this was going to be. You know, not right. a huge part, but it's going to be he was going to be in the movie for real, and somebody else. Well, it could have been a whole other scene where they're catching them or something. It, it could have been for sure. Um, and they just happen to have a, another person that. Yeah, but uh, it was, it was frustrating because I hear a lot of there's other parts that you know, uh, you hear got cut out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the IMDb for it, there's like tons of people in this movie. The one that comes to mind off the top of my head is. Uh, um, the middle bro, the middle boy from Brady Bunch was in it. Okay. Um, but there was like a whole segment where they were like filming a Frankenstein movie in the town, and that entire whole thing got cut out. Hmm. Um, from the actual Brady Bunch or the Brady Bunch movies? No, the actual Brady Bunch. Hmm. So Peter uh, Brady. I don't yeah Peter. So there's just there's a whole bunch of stuff that like you wonder what else it could have been. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of movies. Yeah, no, definitely. Um but I think the other movies it doesn't seem like people are as forthright to tell you things. Yeah. that go down with them or whatever. Um So So speaking of movies, why is it in these kind of, I don't know what these kind of movies are, but like why is it always in in horror slasher movies? The man of learning has to die. He's the one who has put everything together. I think because... And he's going to to save the character because he's smart and he did research and he applied the scientific method and now he has to get a frying pan to the face. I think it's because he is disposable. Like he's there to find things out and then they need to make him go away. I that, think that's... Does that mean I'm disposable? Well, at least until I can get an attractive lady to take your seat. Mm-hmm. 
I'll probably have bigger boobs than her. <laughs> um, so we, we talked about fire a minute ago. Um, fire has always been something that like legitimately scares me forever. Like 100% me also. Yeah. Um, like I'll just be like panic stricken and like wonder like game plan in my head before bed. Sometimes like if a fire breaks out, how much pain I can endure to like to get to my kids if, yeah. if they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And like, I kind of routinely have nightmares that about get like, it's usually not me getting burned, but like, I remember at least on one occasion, like I had a dream that my brother was like, I was fighting with him. Mm-hmm. And he, so what he did was he was like fighting with me. And then he just like, we worked in a restaurant together. So he took his hand and like laid it on the grill and was just like, punishing me by burning his hand until like wow so I'm like stop he's burning his hand there's another one where i think that's, it, a that's a fucked up dream and b that's fucked up you think your brother would like do that just to piss you off well there was another one where both of my siblings like they like were taught we were talking and they're like we got to do this goodbye and there was a fire and then they went and they each took a bale of straw and they put it on their back and then like laid in the fire that's weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, I have, I am very anti-fire. Uh, I do not like candles. Uh, I can't leave the house with the dryer on. Anytime I am going anywhere, it doesn't matter where I am. I could be a hundred miles away from my home. If a fire truck passes me and my home is the that direction... That fire truck is going to my place. I know that. <laughs> that is 100% of my brain. Oh, that fire truck is headed because my house is on fire. I know exactly that feeling. Uh, the Before I, I moved, um, I worked right where I lived. Mm-hmm. So anytime I would be at work and hear an ambulance, a fire truck, police sirens, I was positive that my entire family was in peril and yeah. they were going to my house. So I know the yeah. feeling. Um, so a rule that I always think of every time somebody tries to do it is you don't tell people about your dreams because it is God awful and nobody wants to hear about them. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell you about one more dream. Great. I've only ever had one reoccurring dream in my life and I've had it. I used to have it a lot more when I was younger and I probably say in my life I've had it five times. Okay. So it's pretty reoccurring. I don't know what qualifies. Um, and what it is is I am in like preschool, even when I had it as an adult, mm-hmm. I'm in preschool and I'm in the class and there is a teeny tiny grand piano made of glass. Okay. Okay. Which is an aquarium. So imagine the back part, which is like raised up at the angle, yeah. has algae and stuff growing in it. Mm-hmm. And I and walk it's very small and it's very small. It's a tiny grand piano. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'm a preschooler and it's at my chest. So okay. I walk over to this grand piano and a fish, just a, I guess piranha, just for lack of a better word, jumps out and bites my chest. Hmm. That's the entire dream. But I've had that reoccurring. Yeah. That's crazy. The only reoccurring dream I've ever had, I had it probably a dozen or more times as a kid. And then, like, once or twice as an adult. I don't remember the entire setup, but I remember I'm at my grandma's house. And with my mom and my grandma. And 
uh, we're, we're talking, whatever, and then we go outside and look up, and uh, there's a star in the sky, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then like it's like it's coming right at us, and then it, it like turns into a giant and is about ready to like kill us all, and then I wake up. I don't know what that means. If if there are any dream analysts out there, let me um, know what that means, or what it means if your siblings lay down with straw on their back <laughs> into fire. That one's probably more fucked up. <laughs> then giant gonna crush me and my mom. But uh, I don't know about that, man. I feel like mine's pretty straightforward. Yours is might have way more weird, uh, <laughs> weird meanings and things behind it. Um, well, I don't know what drugs she was doing. Like I don't know any enough. Of, had, I don't know anything about drugs. It had to be crack or meth, right? I think we determined that one of those because she was smoking know. it in a pipe, and there was aluminum foil. She heated it up. If there are any dr- druggy dream analysts, we Where, need you to contact us. Where's Tom us. when we need we, him? <laughs> actually, that's the perfect person. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Tom is the perfect person for yeah. that. Wow. I think actually, once you become a druggie, you automatically start analyzing dreams way more. Probably talking about them, that makes sense a lot. Um, what or else you're you, just way more impressed by them. Yeah, exactly. What else you got for Lords of Salem? Anything else? Like, <clears throat> I, all right, one more thing to to, to shit on it, I guess. <laughs> so it's all about the curse, right? Yes. The curse doesn't make sense. Okay. Because the curse is your daughter's daughters. Will blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't actually say what it is, but he just says he cursed his the daughter's daughters. But Heidi Hawthorne or Adeline Elizabeth Hawthorne mm-hmm. is related to John Hawthorne patrilineally, not matrilineally. So, ergo procto, curse doesn't make sense. So a critique that's been leveled that I think I even talked to you about on our last Rob Zombie episode. Mm-hmm that I think has merit is that he's a better director than he is a writer. Yeah. So, and I think this is probably the perfect example of that. Like I said, I'm obviously way more pro it than you are, but I'm not, I don't want to try to mm-hmm. elevate it to too much more than it is. Yeah. Um, but I really think, and I think his concepts are good, but he, if he just had somebody go through and like punch his stuff up or do a rewrite, I think it could turn into something really, really good. Um, Cause sure. I don't, I don't think you disagree the, like the visuals that you're seeing and the direction is good right the visuals are cool and they're the, everything is well directed i just feel like the symbolism is amateurish and you also use the word symbolism to mean everything in this podcast today whatever dude symbolism symbology numerology yeah um speaking of numbers Speaking numbers for a minute, because i got to go get a thing of water, and I don't want to pause it, because then i got to redo it, so you got to talk for like 20 seconds. Okay. So, speaking of numbers, the the next movie we watched is 31, and I guess I will give the synopsis of 31. Here I go. Uh, shit. No, uh... I, <laughs> so, I kind of want to take longer. <laughs> so, 31, uh, there's, it's... An RV full of carnies uh, stop to get gas and apparently get sized up. Uh, and then later, driving down the road, they get... <laughs> Look what I found. I found a thing of water <laughs> right beside me. 
Uh, they get kidnapped. Some of them get killed. Five of them. I said live. thing of water, like it was like a tin, yeah. like when you you had like a giant barrel, and then it's yeah. like a tin you have cup, a ladle, a ladle. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bottle of water. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we don't do nearly enough ladling in this no. in this time. We've got in the 2017. Big, we've got the big dipper and the little dipper up in the sky, yeah. but we don't use dippers anymore. No, I don't even use a gravy bowl. Mm. I just use a straw. So five of them live and get put through a weird Hunger Games thing where actually it's not quite Hunger Games. They're getting chased by killers for the ben- for Malcolm McDowell's betting game, I guess. It's and The Running Man. I've never seen The Running Man. I've never seen The Running Man either. But, but. Yeah, I guess, the, I guess it is because it's like a reality TV show. This yeah. is like a reality TV show for only three people. Yeah. Uh yeah, and so they get they get a killer after them, and they have to kill or be killed. Killers after them. Kill, yeah, well, okay. it starts off with one. Yeah. Overall feelings on thirty one, Justin. Um, I I liked it. It's it was much more straightforward. <laughs> definitely, <And> so, definitely. <laughs> uh, things made sense, even if they were ridiculous. No, no they don't make yes, sense. Yes, they do. This movie makes no sense. Okay. This I almost use this instead of my lawnmower man analogy. Okay, uh, we'll get into it more, but I'm I, laying it up. No, 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 get into it right now. Oh. I want to know why this didn't make sense. Okay, in order for me to prove that it doesn't make sense, let me ask you. Okay, Justin, mm-hmm. explain to me the rules of Thirty One. The rules of Thirty One are uh, they were going to keep sending killers after these people for twelve hours. Okay, and if they survive the twelve hours, mm-hmm. then they get to survive. Okay, they were betting. Explain to me how they were betting, what they were betting on, who was betting against who or for who. Uh, they were betting, there were like odds, and I'm assuming those were the odds to survive. Yes. But no one had ever survived before. Yes. No one had ever survived. So that means somebody was making the worst bet ever. Or it was just oh, they can, all they all bet and then they all get their money back. What? That's just, then why would you bet? You would all bet everything every time. That doesn't mean anything. I think the whole anything. point is that they're just sadists, and so the they are. But that doesn't mean. But that they're it makes also sense. rich, so they have to put money in there. But they're not betting. What would they bet against? You'd be the dumbest person if you said no one has ever survived this. No one has ever survived. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bet that someone survives, and that woman does it. She like doubles his bet. Yeah. How does that make sense? What are these rules? No one had ever survived, but if they did, she just won a whole lot of money. Because the, <laughs> odds, the odds were 200 to 1. And they ask three times what she happens She bet $10 if, million dollars with 200 to 1 odds. But they, they ask three times what happens if they live. They hadn't figured this out before they had played. Okay. Also, the killers come out one after another, right? And mm-hmm. it seemed like all of them had done this game before, right? Probably. They'd all done this game before, but the only way that they could have done it is if the person before them died. Or they're just really good at their job. Well, but then they would have had to have gone back years and years if they all had done this. And been like the final person that well, actually killed them. Well, Doomhead said that he didn't think he was taking the year off. Yes. So obviously there are rotations. Right. They don't necessarily do it all every year. I know that, but I'm saying 
in theory, if Sickhead, who was the first one, mm-hmm. had done his job right, nobody else would have been involved. Correct. So how are so many of them involved? Well, you know, I'll, it could be that most times there is only one killer. So they've maybe been doing this for decades. But those five We groups, only oversee six people. Those five groups of people couldn't have done it for that long. Why? My head is exploding. On, the, on a five-year rotation, right now. My, on a five-year rotation, Sickhead is one year and he wipes everybody out. And then the brothers with the chainsaws are another year and they wipe everyone out. And then Deathhead and Sexhead are another year and they wipe everyone out. Doomhead gets his year, he wipes everyone out. Bashhead gets his year, he wipes everyone out. So I want to point out how how crazy in my head right in my head right now Mm -hmm. it is that you're advocating thirty one, which is like Absolutely simple, and I I love it for what it is, Mm -hmm. which is just fun. Like it's fun watching people die. That's all that one is, and like the the art house, like absolutely the more cinematic one. Just because it's cinematic doesn't mean it's good. My head's exploding right now. (laughs) I can't believe what I'm hearing. So earlier. Uh, early. A, a bad movie that makes sense is a bad movie. A bad art house movie is the worst thing ever. So anyway, I'm gonna, we're both like getting physically angry at each other right now. I don't understand what's happening on the opposite side of the fences that I thought we were going to be on. This is crazy. So uh, should we just go? Um, well, let me preface this by one thing. So you asked okay. me, you were looking at my 31 poster. Yeah. And you were weirded out by it a There's little bit. There's like a weird clown on there mm-hmm. who's not in the movie. Correct. So and it looks more like Captain Spaulding. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. So what this was, 31 was partially crowdfunded. Okay. Okay. So, um, and this, we talked about crowdfunding it once before. I don't think we got into the details of it. Can you correct me on that if I'm wrong? Like our, th- our feelings. I don't on- remember it. We, coming up. we talked about it on Virgin Spring. Um, I don't remember 31 being mentioned in there. But no, 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 no. Crowdfunding. Yeah, we'd mentioned crowdfunding. But we didn't talk about our thoughts or feelings on it, right? No. Okay. So my thoughts have always been crowdfunding that I, I, every time I click on a Kickstarter and Indiegogo link, I mm-hmm. want them to impress me enough to back it. That's yeah. my goal. Like I'm going there to hopefully spend my money. Um and what I need, I'm not going there as a charity. So when no, you certainly not, w- but, but, but so many of them that you look at it, they act like that. They're like, if you donate a hundred dollars, I will send you a digital copy of my script for a hundred dollars. I could go buy at least five Blu-rays, right? It's not, it's not about charity, but it is about you. You are basically for, for for the best ones, you are pre-ordering. Yes. And then if you spend more money, if you help them out more, then you are being let in on the process. Yeah. But 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 what I'm saying is so many of them don't do that. 
So oh, yeah, many there of the are tons of bad Kickstarters, and, Indiegogo's and that's what and they do. That, yeah. Where they put those any rewards way too high. So Definitely. the way I I want an excuse, and I'll even overpay by a little bit. Give me a re- put a signature on there, and I will pay over what what the actual DVD would cost me. Right, right. Um, and that's I've done it, done a back to bunch of stuff for a few years doing those things. So. 31 came up on a crowdfunding thing and like I watched an interview or maybe it was on the the thing for the crowdfunding thing with Rob Zombie. And he Mm -hmm. said when it was first presented to him, he was like, absolutely not. I've got other ways to make my money. And that's the critique that's leveled at people of his caliber and the Zach Braffs and things like that. Yeah. Why are you going through this when you can get it financed from other ways and they can't. And so he said, absolutely not. And then somebody came back to him. They're like, hold on, stop. Think about it like this. What you're doing is you're opening up a store for a movie that's not made yet. Mm-hmm. And so these things like that poster signed by Rob Zombie was 50 bucks. And it came with two bumper stickers. Yeah. So obviously a piece of paper is worth a dollar, but it's printed. I'm supporting the movie and I'm getting the signature. That's worth $50 to me. Right. You could spend 30 bucks and get a signed DVD, 40 bucks and get a signed Blu-ray on and on and on a bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. I see absolutely nothing wrong with that. If anything, I think that's the way where things are going to go is that you're actually actively choosing what you want to see. Um, cable, I think is going to go more away and you're going to be buying individual channels. That is, I mean, that is kind of what the internet has brought. The internet has brought so much free content that I think a lot of people are spending their dollars more on very specialized content mm-hmm. where instead of like cable subscriptions, which are very general Yes, exactly. Um, so anyway, that's my that answers the question why that looks like that right. is because that was before the movie was made. This mm-hmm. is that was concept art basically. That was the the poster that they made to get the movie financed. So what is Rob Zombie's obsession with clowns? Um, I don't know. I don't have any, <laughs> what's his obsession? Actually, I was going to say, I, what's his obsession with his wife's ass? But I know the answer oh, to that yeah. question. <laughs> I know the answer to that question. It's the same obsession we had for his wife's What was the conversation that we... Oh, you were watching Lords of Salem, Mm -hmm. and there's the giant mural. And we've seen the mural a half a dozen times. I'm exaggerating a little. Yeah. It was like the third time we've seen it. At least three times. It's a giant mural. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it's the from the the first... One of the first movies. Yeah, where the The crashes and the man on the moon. The man on the moon, yeah. Yeah. awesome like that apartment's pretty awesome bugs me that i can't think of the fucking um but you had spent so much time just staring at sherry moon zombies naked okay so body. first first <laughs> time we see it she's naked okay so, you so of just... course i'm not looking at the mural <laughs> second time we see it she's not naked and i'm upset at the inconsistency knowing is that as why a you're na- upset? as a naked sleeper <laughs> Like, if you don't want to have your character be a naked sleeper because you don't want to have it be naked all the time, it's uh, fine. Oh. And then the third time, I'm not expecting her to be naked, so I can actually look around and, oh, look, there's this giant mural. <laughs> That's really cool. You said that like you had to actively work to look around. It's not like you were exploring. It's just... It's, I was exploring it's, all right. <laughs> Um. So anyway, that's my theory on crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. That's... If you are going to do a Kickstarter, if you're going to do an Indiegogo, make something that you give people a reason. They're not going to do it as charity. Um, and and I don't have an issue with somebody that, that 
does have the means. He financed it partially via crowdfunding, mm-hmm. and that's what it came from. Um, additionally, oh, go mm-hmm. ahead. Well, I mean, I just I always wanted to kickstart a documentary about wrestling. I may still do it, but I, I'm gonna. I won't fucking do it. I know. <laughs> we, we talked about that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, um, but it would be awesome. It would be awesome. Next time we watch a documentary, I thought about doing a documentary once. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yeah, I, I was going to do a Firestone in it. <laughs> but uh, whatever. <laughs> um, so watching an interview about 31, um, you watched uh, Zombie explained how this movie came about. So okay. he had had a series of movies fall through. He was going to make like this hockey movie fell through. He was going to make a Groucho Marx movie fell through and he was like on the phone frustrated like i can't get this shit financed for things that aren't what they think of my movies are going to be yeah i bet you if i wanted to i could get financed a movie where these people are in a building and they only have 12 hours to live and they're trying to pick them off i could get that financed at any time and he basically just shit out the the plot of the movie Mm -hmm. which say what you want about things like obviously there's more I don't say effort, but 31 is a super simple story. Like there's not much to it at all. Mm -hmm. And he just threw it out like that and created something fun. So I think it's reflected a little bit in what the movie is, but he's almost proving the point. Like I can just do this. Give me an opportunity to do something else. Well, I having not known that, I think if you go through with that, you're not giving yourself an opportunity for that. For something else because you're making another one of those movies and it's another time that you're going to get pigeonholed well it, so i think if that's what he was trying to accomplish making this movie is going to make it even harder for him to do other stuff in the future that might be true uh and i'm not i'm sure i'm screwing up part of this yeah thing paraphrasing I, I i am but the other thing is is like i think the, the kind of the point was I, i'm ready to make a fucking movie yeah so that's what i gathered it more than anything is mm-hmm. like i'm tired of spinning my wheels with something like this let's make a movie yeah um and i i i think you made a good movie good i'm glad you did um so the opening scene mm-hmm. richard Brake is doomhead okay what did you think about doomhead uh, he was the most interesting character in the movie. He's awesome, right? Yeah. He's nails it. Yeah. They, like, yeah. He had, he, he actually got lines, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't just, expe- he wasn't just, ex- ex- expound, blah, blah, blah. How many times did you say X? <laughs> I feel like, it'd be, don't give I feel, it to you. I feel like, don't give it to I feel you. like your needle just got stuck and you were just like, X, <laughs> X, X. My, because I, my, I hold on, wait, wait, wait. My little brother, uh, uh ch- surprising, chubby, mm-hmm. little kid, right? Yeah. And uh, his best friend growing up, skinny little kid. Mm-hmm. They used to hang out all the time, uh, but he had a stutter. Um, but it actually worked out really well because like they would play freeze tag. <laughs> so my brother was super chubby and slow, but the other kid, he would be running up to him and he'd be like, freeze. And by that time, my little brother's like, gotcha. Because he hadn't said freeze. <laughs> so it was like actually paired off really nicely. It was fair. So let me give you a recap of what just happened <laughs> in my brain. I wanted to say the word espousing. <laughs> but every time I went to say it, 
expounding was about to come out, and I had to stop mm. and then try again. Mm-hmm. Nobody noticed. <laughs> no, it went so smooth. Nobody noticed at so all. So he's not just—he's not just a character exposing exposition uh, over and over again, like a lot of the other ones are. Uh, he actually gets a character, and he gets to to play, and it, he's just chewing up scenery. It's great. He uh, there's like a online petition to get let him be Joker in the next Batman movie, <laughs> and like I think I could kind of see that. Yeah, it was Leto esque. Um, the uh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto is Joker. No. He's he's the new Joker. He's Joker in Suicide Squad. I've never seen Suicide Squad. Neither have I. But to see that that image of him, like I don't think that guy's Joker. You dude. know the picture you sent me? Yeah. He is the Leto Joker. I know. That's why I said he's a douchebag <laughs> dressed up like a douchebag and that it's a turducken of douchebaggery. <laughs> That's why I said that. Like I knew what I knew what I was looking at, but I'm just saying I haven't okay. seen Suicide Squad and I I'm not I've never been one for bandwagons mm-hmm. and like if anything I'm a douchebag in that I would rather not like what's popular. Yeah. But like when I saw Heath Ledger's Batman dude, like you yeah. can't help but just be floored. It's fucking fantastic. I just said Heath Ledger's Batman. <laughs> yep, I just let it pass. <laughs> um Anyway, I don't know why we're talking about Batman. I don't even really like Batman. Uh, something, all that much. something similar though to Suicide Squad. So Suicide Squad, I guess. Uh, so basically, they had a movie, and the director was happy with it. And then Batman vs Superman came out, and everyone fucking hated it. So the studio scrambled and reshot a bunch of stuff, took it away from the director, edited it, and shat it out, and it was a piece of garbage. So I heard that before Halloween came out by Rob Zombie, mm-hmm. something we haven't seen and I haven't seen. Uh, I've seen. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't covered right that uh, it's it's not fantastic, but uh, something leaked online, which was the rough cut of Halloween, that was supposedly much better, and that the rumor is that Rob Zombie himself was the one who leaked it. So I would love to see Suicide Squad leaked uh, as as the director intended. Because everything I've heard about Suicide Squad, I don't I, I don't want to watch it. No. I don't have any interest at all. But I loved the comic, Suicide Squad. It was one of my favorite DC comics. I don't know what a comic book is. Oh, okay. Um. I didn't say comic book. I said comic Whoa, book. Whoa! I just back <laughs> Um, so speaking of the Halloween thing, um, Rob Zombie just recently came out with a new story, um, about Halloween. So he, I don't know if you know this, he did Halloween and then he did Halloween two. Okay. Um, so Halloween two, Miley's favorite Rob Zombie movie. Okay. Um, and so what he said was he was on set, he was on set and they were like, they're getting ready to start shooting tomorrow. Okay. Like, all right, how's everything going? All right, I think we're good. We got stuff, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's the deal. You have two weeks less to shoot. Good luck. So, like, so no matter who it is or what movie you're making, like, even if I'm not interested in the slightest, you take two, any more week movies are made in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, you take away two weeks from someone and then are surprised when something is, is affected. Holy shit. You just said any more movies are made in two weeks. That's not true. Any more movies are made in longer and longer time frames. No. 
there's two different kinds of movies being made right now. Basically, speaking yeah, very generally. Indie movies, you know, you can do easily. Yeah, no, but there's two. It's either movies that are under like three million or movies that are over 50 million. Yeah. It's anything in between. That's what I was referencing. Okay. This, I think when I when we say movies, I think my movies and you think Marvel. Yeah. In general, I think that's what we're I mean, talking. I don't just think Marvel. I, you know what I mean. I'm talking the bigger. Um, don't put me in a box. <laughs> you put me in a box? Your basement puts you in a box <laughs> I'm, that I live in now. <laughs> um, where was I going with that? I had a thing. I don't know. I'm Two weeks now. less. Two weeks less. Blah, blah, blah. Least favorite movie. I don't know. Oh, the, the other interesting story he was talking about with Halloween, apparently mm-hmm. we're talking about Halloween now, is he said on this podcast that... Uh, so Not when, this podcast. No, not this one. That's <laughs> that's next week, everybody. So he... <laughs> so uh, Harvey Weinstein, uh, you know the name? Yeah. Okay. So Weinstein he, Company. So he, they, he, gave, he delivered Halloween, and he was like telling him like this is total shit what the fuck did you make right mm-hmm. so he fought with them and argued back and forth and everything and ended up pretty much what he wanted and then it was a huge hit it was number one he ended up agreeing to do number two he's like showing him the footage and the cuts from halloween two mm-hmm. and he's like and harvey weinstein is like what the fuck are you doing look at this you did everything perfect in halloween one why aren't you doing that with halloween two and Rob Zombie's like, I know what I did. I'm the one that made the fucking movie. And you said you hated it. Now you say you love it. <laughs> and you want me to make this movie, which I'm also making. You're telling me to make it like Halloween 1. I made Halloween 1. What are you talking about? Um, and he just was talking about wrestling with the studio system and stuff. So it was really interesting. But that wasn't our podcast. <laughs> We, hope for the future we're just gonna keep breaking down other people's podcasts and telling stories about things that happened on another podcast if we ever get rob zombie on the podcast you're just gonna totally nerd out and talk about all the movie things and i'll just be like what's it like meeting weird al yankovic <laughs> he seems pretty cool is he pretty cool <laughs> do you ever let do, do, did you touch his accordion <laughs> You shoehorn in Weird Al Yankovic so often. Really? Yes. Well, he's fan- He's fantastic. <laughs> Gilmore Girls, Golden Girls, and Weird Al Yankovic somehow come up on here way too much. Oh, we haven't even started talking about this movie now. Um, I gave a synopsis. Yeah, you did. Um, that, so, Sickhead. Uh, yeah. is the first one we see actually in motion. Something that I think Zombie does awesome is he creates villains yeah that are pretty great i mean some are some are better than others but he he really does do a good job he overall is a nazi little person that speaks spanish all the time no 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 not all the time he speaks no, english not, too not exclusively no but that's that like made him bilingual yeah that's like that all the that time description. and the whole time i feel like two different things <laughs> Um, I love when movies have, uh, a different language, but they don't put subtitles. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, I really like that. that. Like, uh, five, I don't remember her, Charlie, Charlie and Sickhead are like having a whole conversation in Spanish yeah. and they don't it, subtitle. No, all. you have no idea what's happening. You just know they're fighting yeah. and calling each other. I mean, it was very high school, uh, high school with a little bit of curse words thrown in there. 
level Spanish. So yeah. I, I understood a, a, a chunk of it. Yeah. But chinga means. I just heard a, go, go I heard fuck, a lot of puntas. Um, chinga to madre. Fuck your mother. But yeah, I thought Sickhead was awesome. Like in his mocking them mm-hmm. and things like that. Like he was genuinely having, he was enjoying yeah. himself. Talking about uh, four is always the first to die. Yeah. Um, yeah. Turns out it was true. Big fan of Sickhead. Um, I, I cut it off pretty early cause I didn't want you to keep getting annoyed. Okay. Um, but I made a series of pauses throughout the movie yes, to you did. show you my extensive collection of props from 31. Mm-hmm. Like check out that sock. Which apparently I'm learning is a movie that you hate. No, <laughs> you've made You're... me, you've made me come out <laughs> against this movie that I actually like, <laughs> like somehow you've made me be the big critic of this movie. Uh, You're gonna prominently display the pipe <laughs> from the movie with a tag under. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> Fuck you, Justin. I do and have people that. Will read it. And, what the hell is that? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not gonna sell it. Um, yeah, so that was cool. Like, I think yeah. I started. Like, I paused and I was like, check out uh, yeah, you, Panda's you, sock. Yeah, you're like, hey, you think those are pretty cool socks? I was like. Okay, they're they're okay socks. <laughs> Fucking play the movie. What are you doing? And then you just start rifling through a box. I got those socks. <laughs> I did have those socks. I got them. You want to see them again? I'll show you some socks. And then, and with the biggest freaking boots ever. Like yeah, they seriously look like size twenty twos or yes. something. Something crazy. <laughs> it's huge shoes on that they, dude. They were clown shoes. They were huge. Um. Yeah, so this visualization of showing them the props that they mm-hmm. already saw in the movie, yeah, really good on a podcast. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. It's working really well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, from there, our next villains, we get to meet our... Well, well, Sickhead takes out four. To, yes, which is Levon. Cleon? Levon. Levon. Okay. I have his pants and shirt. Just throwing that out there. But you don't have the bloody version. I don't have the bloody have the version. version. I have the clean one. Um, so he takes him out, and then Psycho Head and Schizo Head show up. Mm-hmm. Um, did you recognize Schizo Head? Green hair. Was he the bearded one or the non-bearded one? The non-bearded one. No. Okay. So remember when we talked about how something I really, really like about Rob Zombie's casting is that he casts opposite like cast against type a lot of times. Okay. Um, that guy who's mean, aggressive, vile character in this movie mm-hmm. was the pussy from Devil's Rejects. Okay. Remember the one that puked on his wife when mm-hmm. Brian Posine got shot? Mm-hmm. That's him. Okay. So I always think that's cool that he gives somebody an opportunity to be the world's biggest pussy. Yeah. And then the meanest, most vile. Vile. Yeah. Vile character ever. Yeah. Um, I always think that's really interesting. That is cool. Uh yeah. I of ever all of the uh villains, they're my least favorite. Yeah. You speaking of cats, do you a thing I, I do a lot is I I'll watch a movie and I'm like, Oh, whatever happened to that guy? And then just like be like, Oh, you know it'd be really cool if I made the mo- if I like made a movie and he starred in it, and like it's his big comeback. Like, what could I do to make that his big comeback? And I'm never gonna make a movie. 
Well, here's the problem: is whoever you're going to cast, I've already cast in my fictional movie where I'm doing them a favor by bringing them back okay. because I do the exact same thing. Like, <laughs> just so you know, like they are way too good. They need to be in something, and I'm yeah. going to do it. Yeah, like we're not going to. No, there was a movie that I had to track down recently. We'll talk about on a later episode, but I had to track it down, and uh, it's it's out of print. It's kind of expensive now and stuff, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I was like thinking to myself, I was like, I should get with the director and maybe I can try to help him get this released. And I'm like, like, he hasn't thought of that. Like <laughs> the little bit of money that I'm going to like be able to give him, like, yeah. I'm going to be like, here's at most, here's a four figure number. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> if I get my wife on board and we call our savings, I'm going to give him a four figure number and he's going to be like, thank you. I'd never thought of releasing it on my own for $2,000. That's so good that you said that. (laughs) So that didn't go anywhere. My DVD distribution. (laughs) Your mini contacts in the film industry. (laughs) You couldn't get this together. No, no, not this time. Not this time. Uh, so you agree those two are the, the, I don't even think they're bad. They're just my least favorite. I don't think they have much to them. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the only cool thing is like, uh, when the, the beardy one dies, he, he's like begs for his life and is like, Hey man, we're, we're the same as you. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the only question is, are they? Cause Doomhead certainly isn't. No, he's definitely his own thing. I, I would say no. Because E.G. Daly, who's sex head, knew knew that she was going to be doing that. Right. So there's no reason to think that the other ones wouldn't be. Yeah. She could just be brainwashed too, man. Mm, Maybe. She looked like she was enjoying what she was doing. Yeah. Um, I did love the, I think, my two favorite lines in the movie... My second favorite line, I think, is uh, um, at the beginning with Sickhead, um, where he says, like, he won't fail or something. Like, he's not going to fail. He won't let you die, or he won't let let us down. Yeah. And then, like a little kid, Sickhead's just like, no, I won't. No, I won't. <laughs> like, uh, you lied to me. You said that was your favorite line in the whole movie. Well, and then I remembered the line the, of... Uh, uh, meet fucking dickhead uh sideburns and he's like getting ready to hit him with the chainsaw nice yeah i like that one obviously Uh, you did too based off the hilarious reaction you just gave me so with the uh the two in the cage Mm -hmm. uh so the the chainsaw falls to the ground and psycho head or schizo head whatever whichever one falls on top of it and like right in the belly mm-hmm. and so then they immediately jump on top of him yes i no, i would never do that because it's well here's gonna, the thing you could go right through him and then no, into you you're not a 65 pound woman who uh, you couldn't hold him down like that 65 pound woman <laughs> <laughs> that's in her 60s yeah like, <laughs> Yeah, I, no way. Like that was immediately it was immediately their instinct, and my instinct was you're you it's gonna go through him and you're gonna die. This is how you die. That's you're how, stupid. And that's this is how, how you gravity. Die. That's how gravity works. The chainsaw is gonna come up. 
it's going to climb up through him. I mean, it's it's if it was at an angle or anything. <laughs> I'm better, I re- wouldn't chance it. I'll remember that. Um, next, we meet Sexhead and Deathhead, mm-hmm. who I wanted Which to see. Which are funny, not, not the Hitler people, but they are German. Yes. Or at least he is. He is, yes. Um, I definitely wanted to see more of them. Yeah. Like they don't. They definitely don't get enough screen time. No, I feel like I'm good with Schizohead and Psychohead. Mm-hmm. That was pretty short, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I loved how much we got with Sickhead, but yeah. I wanted more. Definitely, more of the he, other two he was great. Um, yeah, I, Deathhead, Sexhead. I think they were fun. Um, E.G. Daly, I think, is the perfect person to play that part because she's she. So I looked. She's 56. Okay. Um. And she does like that great job of like just her straddling like the attractive 50 something lady with an extra dose of crazy. Yeah. Like it, it's really good. Like the Bowflex lady. I don't know that. That's a pop culture thing. It's not a pop I've n- culture. I've not seen. It is a. I've not seen that Marvel from my childhood. Like, I'm 50 years old and she looked fucking gorgeous. I don't know. Uh, I'm probably. That was a reference probably only for me. <laughs> The rest of us weren't there at your childhood. Yeah. Um, there was a there 14 year old masturbatory fantasies. There was a time period. Where... <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, you derailed me there. Um, did you ever, did you, I remember, do you remember Red Shoe Diaries? Oh, the Showtime show? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with David Duchovny. Yeah. So I would be like, that's exactly when I was into X-Files. So I was just like, my mind was blown. Like, Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> one of those like, what is going on? Uh, um, anyway, I don't know where I was going with anything. Sex Head, E.G. Daily. Death Head, they're good. <laughs> uh, I will say Sex Head probably did get too much screen time. Or not enough. I don't know which, but the whole time I couldn't look at the goddamn screen. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I, was I don't have epilepsy problems. Most strobe things don't affect me. That was the worst, the longest strobe effect ever. And it just kept pulsating over and over. And like I couldn't stare at the screen. I turned away, completely away. And it was still happening on your wall. And it was still giving me a headache. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, you're rubbing your eyes now like you're, you're replaying it in your I'm, head. It's giving yeah. you a headache. Um, so then we get our final showdown with Doomhead. Um, Before they think about calling in Bashhead and Ragehead. Yes. Um, I, l- I love re- how ridiculous these names are. Yeah. Um, I really like how quick uh, Roscoe gets dispatched. Like you would think like in most other movies – when he sends Charlie down the hole, oh, yeah. and then he's going to have like this big it's epic be an showdown. Epic fight. No, he just gets taken out. Off he swing, He just like swings his club or not club uh, crowbar, just weakly. It's completely missing. Yes, and just gets stabbed like a million times. And if that sounds like it's a joke, it's not. I think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I like because you never see that. Like one thing is like he's his whole job here. He's sacrificing himself. Stall for time, right? Mm-hmm. But instead he's like, no, come here. Come right by where she just went down the hole. Get over here as fast as you can. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um. So you get the epic show. Or there isn't even an epic showdown. Mm-mm. He monologues. Yeah. 
which is a little annoying. But I guess that's the whole point. Yeah, and that how it's, fails. it's more any more lines for Doomhead. Always. Well, and I guess you did already establish he monologued at the beginning, and I said it was awesome. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. Um, See, character consistency the, works. Oh fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I love you're arguing it for Rob Zombie. You're using Rob Zombie against me, like. <laughs> somehow, what I do, man. somehow I've became the Lords of Salem advocate, and you've become like the one that heralds thirty-one. Somehow, I am become death. Um. So again, in this movie, mm-hmm. he nails music. It's really only at the yeah. beginning and the end, but literally. Did Did you put together what the song is at the end? The puppet show song, or no, 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 the song that's playing as he meets her back on the road. I don't know that I, it, it didn't ring. I don't remember. It's dream on. So it's oh, literally it saying, yeah, so I it's literally saying dream on, like she's going to yeah. get away. Like it's the only good Aerosmith song. So it's so like in your face, like yeah. in the best way possible. Like mm-hmm. it, he nails the perfect song that it's, it's almost a voiceover telling Charlie dream on. Like you actually thought you were going to get away. Right. Do you think that they send Doomhead after her or that he Doomhead did it I, himself? I thought he did it on his own. That's what I was thinking too. So, that's my thought. Which is weird because he, he adheres to the rules at first. I think he probably wants to get paid. Yeah. And the reason that I like him as a character so much is because you get to see that little glimpse of him at home. Yeah. And in real life, if something like this were to exist, mm-hmm. that's the piece of shit that would actually go do that. Oh, yeah. Like, who's having sex with a prostitute. He's got the nastiest, dirtiest house ever. Mm-hmm. Um, has a tattoo of a demon having sex with a woman tattooed on his back. Yeah. Because that's what you do. You tattoo tattoos. So I said yeah. it twice. Um, that's the vile and despicable person that would be there. Mm-hmm. Overall, yeah. obviously it sounds to me like you like 31 better. Yeah, definitely. I, it, it was a simple story done well and yeah lords of salem was definitely not that so 31 gets my vote no lords of salem we disagree yay yay aren't you excited no <laughs> it's not as fun as i thought it would be they're coming the, the what first six episodes we agreed on every one yeah now we're just, now we're just boom 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 yeah. just all all right now, we haven't done a remake for a little while okay um, so we're going to do that. I almost next. forgot about this segment. We're, so we're going to do it's that. It's my only segment. I almost forgot about it. We're going to do this that next week. Um, yeah. We're going to continue uh, with Wes Craven. Okay, good. Um, so we're going chronologically. I'm skipping some things, but we're going chronologically. Okay. Does that make sense? That does. Okay. So right here. Wes Craven. This is heavy. It is heavy. I, I thought it was like a... a Steelbook at first, nope. by, based on the weight, but it is not. From the director of A Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream, Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, there's like a, a car with an Airstream trailer and a happy family in the background, and in the foreground is a weird hillbilly person that does not look happy. Okay, you've seen this man. I've seen this man? We've talked about this man today. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Do you not recognize him? Dude, I don't recognize anybody. 
That's so that's Michael Berryman. Okay. Who is the chicken fucker in Devil's Rejects? Okay. The bald guy. Okay. That's his helper. You following me? Uh huh. The guy that I told you the story that I was talking about, Lords of Salem, blah blah yeah. blah. You don't know faces. You have Aspergers, as established in the last episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the Hills Have Eyes. I, this is one that I've heard about. It's like like a weird underground family, right, or something. Okay, you're, they like you're, to kill people. Okay. Um, if there was a like a, a top tier things, mm-hmm. you know. You know Halloween. You know Friday the Thirteenth. Right. Um, this would be the silver medal. Right. Right like, below. The, right yeah. below those. Like so, somebody's like casually knows horror, and then somebody's like, yeah, I kind of like horror. That that would be their next go to one. Yeah. So what are you going to see in this? You just uh, said. I, I think this happy family around a campfire is all going to going to die horribly to the hillbilly man in weird leather and chains and stuff. I do love that you have like nothing to go off of too yeah, because no, is, you have like just a giant head and then one tiny picture on yeah. the back. So uh, I expect it to be harrowing and nasty entertainment weekly. <laughs> All right. And then there shouldn't be a shock what it is, but the Hills have eyes unrated the version to die for. Uh, there's even less to go on here. There's <laughs> a woman's face. <laughs> As it's getting smashed by a hand, she does not seem excited about it. The blood from the unrated titles is uh, dripping onto her. And yeah. Hey, look, it's a car with an Airstream trailer. Dude with a shotgun. Lady with an axe and guy with an axe. So I'm going to assume people are going to die via axe. And maybe someone will die via shotgun. Or that could be just a red herring. I don't know. Okay. Um, I think we should add something to this segment. <laughs> okay. Which one of these are you going to like better? Uh, I'm going to assume I'm going to enjoy the uh, original I think more that's, than the remake. I think, uh, I'm not seems, saying for this, but I think the, in general, you're that's always going to be the answer. Yeah, because you, if, if, if they're good enough to warn a remake, then, I don't know, the remake's usually not as good. There's some truth to that. Good. All right, Justin, you got anything else for us? Uh, Franken chicken. <laughs>